time for the Magpie 24-7 Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Thompson and Paul Rudder. Discussing all things Newcastle United. Passionate, unfiltered, and totally black and white. By fans, for fans. What's happening, everyone? It's Kyle for the Magpie Twenty Four Seven podcast, and I hope he's all good. Um, bit of a delay on this one. Paul had a couple of problems at home, but everything's all good now. But um, we're re- it, it was a strange one, Paul, because we're actually at the ground. First time as Magpie Twenty Four Seven being at the stadium. <laughs> bit of a str- what it was. It it felt so familiar, but so strange at the same time. Because one, we were in the away end where the away end usually is, and I don't know what they're complaining about. Barring the flipping stairs, which nearly killed we. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was part of Ashley's plan. I think it was all part of Mike Ashley's current plan. He obviously heard that we were keen for some tickets. We got some tickets on the second batch that were released. Uh, and I'm sitting there, he's sitting there rubbing these little grubby hands in Charlie thinking, I want to get them two bastards in level seven. I'll give them some free rainwater, which will collect <laughs> around the back of the stadium before <laughs> and then we look for I, I, I was you... just about to mention the football. <laughs> <water. laughs> I, I, have you framed it? I even post I even posted saying I don't know where to um drink this or frame this. Flipping crazy. I was thinking, you're giving us a bottle of water, are you sure? And the bloke sitting next to it, he took the piss with it. I think he, oh, I think, funny, I think he? beside where there was a like five or six bottles of water, he was back and forth and back and forth, just hammering well, the water. I, I was <laughs> I was waiting for for, for, for the, the sting in the tail. I expected him giving us a bottle of water like he did when we came through the turnstiles, and then all of a sudden saying, Oh, that'll be four quid. <laughs> that, that would be a typical Mike Ashley thing, or give you bottles of water, but then charge it to go into the box or something like that. Why? Uh, that's what I was, ex- uh, you know, expecting. Um, one thing I was though expecting, mate, on on the day, and I'm, I'm a little bit did. It was the only side of the of the day that did disappoint me. It wasn't a great game, but I think we were both over the moon just to be back inside the stadium. Yeah. After we got up the seven, the seventy million flights of stairs, and we, you could look out onto the pitch, onto the carpet of St James's Park, um, it was a fantastic sight to behold. And, and like you touched on there, last time that we attended a match, uh, I think the last goal was it probably the Chelsea one, the Isaac Hayden. Aye, aye, Isaac Hayden. Aye, that's uh, right. I mean, we we were members of NFTV or Newcastle Fans TV, whatever it, uh, however you want to call it. Um, so so much is is changed yeah. in, in that time. Um, it's it, it's shocking. Magpie twenty four seven when we were last uh, in each other's company wasn't even a thing. It wasn't an idea. It, it wasn't. wasn't a concept. It was. It, it you know it it was absolutely nothing. And uh, yeah, we were uh, we were members of Newcastle fans TV. So much has changed over that time. Um, um, thousands of people following the page, liking the page. Interacting, commenting with us, um, yeah, it's crazy. But it was just great to get back to uh, the football, and and it really wasn't about criticizing Bruce. It wasn't about anything else apart from supporting the lads and and just to me watching football as it should be. Yeah, it, it, in its purest you know, compared to the sterile shit that they've been putting and spewing out on Sky Sports uh, with the fake crowd noises and stuff. It was just brilliant being inside that stadium i can't describe to people the feeling of walking back out onto the terraces under the gantries and stuff like that 
uh, and looking down on that pitch. But yeah, I thought it was a cracking view. Those who were who, who were, who were slacking it <laughs> off from the away end and stuff like that, ah, uh, they must just be unfit. Us two fit lads, we were straight up them stairs, mate. We were like, honestly, <laughs> we're like a rat of a drain pipe. <laughs> mate, I wasn't saying that what I was claiming the bastards, I tell you. <laughs> but um, no, it, it was just the whole day, mate. Honestly, I think um. I think Gallagher shots with their vlog really summed up kind of the feel with things getting getting back in, seeing friends again, and and that's just that's just a little sample of like people enjoying the day, seeing happy people on Twitter getting back into the ground. It was like the game, the, the game itself just took second. Even people around us, so we didn't know the people who were sat around us. Normally, we're in the Gallagher end, we're in one of the corners. Uh, that's where we're normally perched. We were high up in the heavens of the Milburn, and um, even just cracking on with folks around us and stuff. Everybody was it, despite the fact it's been a pretty awful season with Bruce Ball, uh, with Bruce attacking fans, with Mike Ashley starving the club of investment. Even though the fact that we walked in there and St James's Park looking a little bit worse for wear, um, everybody was in a good mood. We were all having a laugh and a crack on. There was singing, there was banter, there was piss taking. Um, there was there was all of that good stuff. So there was a there was a real um sense of occasion, uh, you know, yeah. in the stadium. They built it up. I thought fantastically well. They kept the players back a little bit longer. They left the Sheffield United players uh, come out first of all. They looked like walking dildos in those pink <laughs> kits. It was it was shocking. Who designed them, man? Honestly, probably a Sheffield Wednesday fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, they looked like dildos. The, the hammed it all, uh, hammed it all up. They let the Newcastle players come out second, um, and at times those ten thousand made who were in the stadium really give some cracking. A bit more, didn't it? Yeah, it, 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 you touched. You said it, it's, it's going to be a bit like a league cup, but the, there was just that intel, that that sort of excitement on on the air, and everybody was like hungry for it. They wanted to see the football. Um, and and they wanted to be back inside that place, and it was just magical to be able to sit in and just to breathe it all in. And, and because if you watch on the TV, it's not the same. The dimensions feel different. It's a lot more intimidating when you're there. Uh, the sights, the sounds, everything else like that. It, it it was just great. It was like like it's reconnecting. It was like your first time going again, uh, and all that. Yeah, and, like it. and it's something that the thing is, you might have took it for granted before. We go every single week. We follow the lads up and down the country, east, west, north, south. Um, and you take it for granted, oh, we're back to St. James's next week. We're back to St. James's midweek. But going in there, you weren't taking anything for granted. You wanted to absorb everything. We were the last two people in the Milburn stand. The pit of the, the staff, the stewards were like, come on, lads. We've got homes to go now type thing. We were the last ones in wanting to literally get the dregs of the atmosphere and the experience and everything else that would miss for 15 months out of the situation. But yeah, yeah special, special, special. It was, and like I said before, mate, it, it, the, the game really took a back seat. Just the little things, I miss, like meeting you off the train. It's the first time I've seen you in person for fucking, since West Brom away in the cup. 
um, yeah. going to spoons before the match, getting some food. Like these are all things that we've been deprived of for for a long yeah. time. Mate. So it's it, it, even even the little things going through the turnstile here and the little click. Ah, and wait, um, spoons. So the onion rings out, man. <laughs> the onion rings were flipping shit. <laughs> um, burned, cremated. I mean, flipping hell. Um, <laughs> they were been terrible, weren't they? But um no. for a fortnight. <laughs> <laughs> but um no, it was it was just, it was just the perfect day and it was like a bit of personal news for me as well. But on my way up in Newcastle, like I'd finished my uni work last week and finished uni getting ready to graduate and I started applying for jobs and that and I managed to get get a, to get my job as well quicker than I expected. So I know, to, I get, to get it. <laughs> To get me job that I wanted in, in in the thing I've studied in, and then going up to the match and, and enjoying all that, it was a it's probably the best day I've had in a long long time. So it was just it was just the occasion, everything it was just, everything aligned on that day, barring the trains on the way back. But uh, I'll I'll probably speak about that in a bit. But uh, ah, well, hey, I mean, the trains on the way here are late as well. Let me tell you, that. thanks very much, LNER. You used to buggers. No wonder they've, they've they've been trying to change them this week. Uh, I had no personal train, by the way, on the way home, but on the way there, 11 minutes late because of the rain. It always rains in England, man. What are you on about? Sort yourselves out, LNER, you Rajis. <laughs> well, um, you had a little, you, had, you had someone on the train, didn't you, on the way up? Oh, oh God. <laughs> you were gobshite. Um, I mean, yeah, bear in mind you get allocated seats in the, in the trains and stuff, them up. for those of you who haven't, been, uh, haven't ventured out onto them yet. So you sat in your allocated seat. You can't move and go anywhere else. And there's this person who gets on, and all the way up. I mean, to the point where I'm sitting there thinking, I've got a right fucking migraine here. He's a Scottish lad. He's chatting shit. Um, <laughs> I'm taking snaps of him saying he's not this. This bloke's a bit of an annoying cunt, to be honest. Like just chatting shit all the way up. Lord business, trying to impress impress this woman, and I'm just like trying to. To look at you know football stuff, news, um, update the socials, that sort of thing. And oh my word, he did my fucking head in. So if, if you were that Scottish person, think about other people, you selfish bugger. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the joys of, of, of transport obviously since since the last time we attended St James's Park, obviously I've moved from uh, I used to live uh, near Durham uh, near Spennymoor, and um, I've moved. Uh, to further away now um, so getting into a match day and all that was different for me and it was a sort of dry run for when we're back to you know normality um, hopefully next season so yeah. you know what I mean it, it was it was different for me on that but oh god that bloke it, it got to the end I, I pulled it in Newcastle and I, and I just <laughs> I was laughing away but I just said you've done my head in <laughs> yes. I said, you ain't stop for fucking oxygen. You ain't stop for oxygen, man. Give over. <laughs> anyway, he, I think he saw he saw the funny side of it, luckily, but um, I thought, I've got to save me six pence worth of you before I get off this train. So, if I'd have done it before, mate, I might have been chucked off at Darlow or York or no Palatine or whatever. So, yeah, you have to wait. Aye, but um, I mean... We're like, well, what, 10, 15 minutes in, Paul? We're a football podcast. Yeah. We mentioned trains more so far. So, um, <laughs> we might as well start 
cracking on about some football. I'll blame Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce personally. <laughs> I, it, it's his fault we'll start the tirade over his over the <laughs> But um, no, we, we, well, we'll start with five at the back again. And I thought, oh, well, it uh, doesn't really mean anything. Could you try out a different formation for next season? That was me thinking, but was a really sluggish start from Paul. I mean, that it was the wrong formation mate, from the start. Let's be honest. Yeah. Five at the back, and, and I've said this before on, on uh, the view from the van. It is all well and good, and Newcastle look a lot better playing some of the so-called bigger teams, this big six or greedy six. Uh, when we play this system, because we can break with a little bit of pace um, and cause problems, but when the onus is on Newcastle to do the attacking and to control the play. This three at the back, this wing back system, five at the back, or when John Joe Shelby's sitting there holding Fernandez's hand, it's like six at the back. It, it just doesn't work and it's not conducive to good football, mate. Um, the formation was completely and utterly shite, and, and, it, and, it, and it resulted in, again, apart from we'll get, well, I know we're going to get to that, that French man very, very quickly, yeah, but. By and large, the football on show was dog shite. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, I got invited on uh, BBC Radio Newcastle ten past eight in the morning. Cheers, lads. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that's that, that. That's the one thing that they mentioned. The game really didn't matter <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah. It really didn't did. live up to the, to, to the everything else today. Uh, well, I mean, I'm saying Saturday it was on a fifth and Wednesday. What I'm on about? But um. Like it just, it just kind of didn't matter. It was, but it was just a case of being there. But the football was tragic. It was horrible um, to 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 witness. Like was so stagnant at the start. Nobody was moving off the ball. Uh, the the back three were passing it between each other. The midfield weren't trying to find any space. It was, and they were pressing. Were more kicking the ball up and weren't getting anything of it because Jolin and had little to no effect on that defence at all. I, I, um, I think, have you seen the video that I put up today, the man in the van? Yeah, um, I haven't. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm gonna. I was gonna watch after yeah. the podcast. Well, I, I was. I was quite attacking and quite scathing on Joe Linton, the field experiment, uh, and he fluffed his lines once more. But you, you're totally right. Uh, where where we've we, we've applauded him, mate, when he's put some decent stuff in and he's worked hard, and, and we've we've credited him for that. I just felt. Uh, well, put it this way, he, he, he had a headache in that first half that went about 40 yards over the goal and I was more worried that it was going to hit us. And the, you know, the worst thing about it was that we were in the middle of the behind him and I was going, shit, it's going, to, it's going to knock us out, that. Honestly, mate, um, he, did, he did nothing but put, put a header 40 yards over the bar. Um, a really lazy, sluggish, pathetic performance um, where he didn't do anything that a Newcastle United number nine should do, a club record transfer should do, somebody on £60,000 a week should be doing. Um, and, and I think it's something that we need, really need to talk about, I think, after we finish with the match, is the likes of Joe Linton, uh, Dwight Gale, uh, and I want to say John Joe Shelby, cue the comments all of a sudden. Uh, these players... Um, some of them are just simply not good enough. They didn't put the shift no. in. Uh, but yeah, the, the formation didn't help. Don't get me wrong. The formation no, was dog shy. We'll look at a bit more. Wing backs, Shelby, Olden, Fernandez's hand. 
yeah. is a recipe for absolute bastard disaster. But well, Jordan was shite again. Well, none of the defenders could pass. Um, they were getting pressured and the ball was going up the field and it was very stagnant. I mean, McGoldrick had two really good chances. And to be honest with you, a better team would have took the lead. Um, mm. Fortunately, we were playing bottom of the table and it didn't mean... Fortunately, they were giant. <laughs> for, like, I even said that at the ground. I was like, thank God you're shit. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. honestly, mate, any better would have would have, would have yeah. put the ball in it. But... Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it would just look stagnant at times. John Joe, I, 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 with how much I've critiqued John Joe this season, with the arguments I've had on Twitter and stuff, I thought I would actually look. I'd watch him while I'm at the ground. Because mm-hmm. you can do that more, can't you? See how he moves, because you can do that more at, a, at the match, can't you? So it's like, I thought I'd watch him. I'd watch his passes and stuff. And like, there was a lot of passes he was putting upfield because I seen a stat that he did. Um, the most long-range passes accurately for Newcastle, but I think he tried a, a, a lot more than he like a lot more than it it, it would see in the stats. But um, it, it just to me, it just seemed like he wasn't looking when he was hitting it. Like he was putting the ball in an area where he thought a player should be, and more often than not, it was like a slightly overhit or slightly underhit or, or bang on. It was one of the three. You know, it was like it wasn't massively off, but like. He doesn't. He doesn't pick his head up. He just. No. He just kind of hits it where he thinks it's where he thinks the player's going to be. And don't get us wrong. Sometimes that might pull off, and obviously it did because he was highest in um, long range passing on the on the day. But I, I don't. Well, know. What, what happened, man? What happened off those long balls forward? You can ping a hundred long balls forward, but like you said, if you're just knocking it into a useless space or where there's not a Newcastle the player. Then it's pointless. The trouble is with John Joe Shelby. If it's not about John Joe Shelby, then he doesn't give a shit. He's a very selfish player. And I felt for the entirety of that game, he was getting in the road of Fernandez. He was too close to Fernandez all the time. And if I was Fernandez, I would have got older of him and tell, Oi, mate, I'm doing my job. Fuck off for a second. Get yourself forward. Give me a little bit of space. I've got an option to work off or to ping off. I don't need you two yards away from me constantly. A lot of John Joe Shelby's movement, and, the, and I've, I've had people throw running stats at me and all sorts. He moves side to side. He's like a bastard crab. His passing is either generally short side to side. It's short uh, to, to the back. It's back to the keeper. Um, when when you need somebody to be in that midfield so that a defender can pass the ball to somebody and try to, to, to create an attack, he simply goes missing. He gets lost. He's balls forward, like I touched on before, and like you said expertly there. They just literally pink the way he thinks somebody else uh, should. A Joe Willick at 21 years old, mate, is showing him up with work ethic, with running, with getting into the boxes, with being at the right place at the right time, with showing his athleticism and his energy and stuff like that. Um, I still maintain that I don't think he offers enough to Newcastle to justify the captain's armband. I mean, that's an absolute disgrace, to be honest. Shouldn't be captain. Uh, and he shouldn't be an automatic uh, automatic pick on 80 grand a week. It's, he's not picking up peanuts. We should be expecting. And, and this is what I'm fearful of with Steve Bruce and Charlie and Ashley, that the, the standards of, of the expectations of the fans, which get blown up by the media, have actually, in reality, been reduced so much that people are willing to accept this level of shit from a John Joe Shelby. 
he's, he's no Rob Lee. He's he is no, um, you know, Johan Kabai. He's not of of of, of that ilk. Um, and and all he was doing was pirouetting. He was giving the ball away. Um, and I, I just I think he, he's a player that we. We don't need it, and I think he's in there on name value alone, mate. I really, really do. But if I was Fernandez, I'd have got on all of him and I'd have thrown him. I would have thrown him as far as forward possible as, as, as I could. He is too close to the centre backs. If he wants to be a centre back, play him mate as one of the three, and then get somebody in the midfield who will give you that that energy. And we are lucky that we've got Joe Willick and we had Mickey Almeida, and although Mickey played out ten different positions. Uh, but at least they were able to get a little bit uh, further forward. And he's come out today, mate. I don't know if you've seen the interview, but he said, my role now is 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 to stand there and protect the defence and this, that, and the other. I thought, what? are you sniffing glue? Because I thought, you don't protect the, the defence. As soon as anybody gets the defence and they're running at the Newcastle defence, he stops running because he can't physically keep up. It looks like he's smoked 40 cigarettes before he started the game and he's out of breath. Yeah. So People will quote great stats on John Joe Shelby. What I'll say is, but like you've just said, whilst I was in the stadium, I was watching what he was doing, and most of those long ball forwards were fucking useless, and he was far too close to Fernandez. Man, you point a good tackle in the first. He point a wicked tackle in the first half when he, when he got the ball just on the just on the side. Hmm. But, but that's uh, the exception and not the rule. Yeah, uh, true, but. Um, to be fair, I think I think Willock was a was a bit thingy in midfield as well up until like the latter end of the first half, where it just seemed like we couldn't get the ball out. And do you know what? I think we really missed Fabian Shea on there uh, on Wednesday. Mm, really he's back forward, isn't he? he can get the ball and he can play it and he can mm. play it forward. Whereas you give Dummett a chance to pass, he panics with a little yeah. bit of pressure. Feddy. Although he's a little bit more comfortable than Dummett is, he's pretty much the same in craft. Oh my god! Like he, he's been called the Sweden squad. They like, flipping hell, man. But uh, how bad must they be? They've they've got to go out as whipping boys. If if you've got if you've got Emil Craft, I know Steve Bruce. He, he bangs about his uh, his versatility. Well, he's shite at centre back and he's shite at right back. So if if that's your acceptance of versatility, then you can stick it where the sun don't shine for me, Brucey. Because he's again, he's another one of them ones which we're going to touch on with Joe Linton and touch on with Shelby and a few others. They're simply not good enough, mate. He's 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 not good enough, and and I understand he Bruce says he's he's the most um, pacey out of those couple of defenders who you've just mentioned. That isn't a great selling point for me because you've said it before. Dummett's really really slow, but uh, positionally it can get you out of the shit. And Fernandez. Um, yeah, it pace isn't really his uh, forte as well. To, to you know, to to say it very very kindly. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Emil Craft should should be nowhere near a Premier League. Uh, a Premier well, League. With, well, with the with defenders, mate, it's more football IQ in any way for sure. Yeah. You, you've got to be in the right place. It's not about speed. Like you, you look. I I remember DeAndre Yedlin at right back had all the pace in the world. Could probably. With training, run it, run it close to Olympic level that quick. But his football IQ was that of a gold. Well, it's the same argument with Joe. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You can you can have all the athleticism in the world, but if you've got no football IQ, you're not going to get far. Mm. I, um, I just think I just think sometimes you need somebody who that if the ball gets gets behind you in the three, who can 
shift the yardage and get back and put a last, last ditch, uh, you know, tackle in who's got that mobility. I don't think Fernandez has much mobility. He has great positional sense. He's brave. He's strong in the header. Uh, Dummett is quite clever. You know, the amount of times he will he will pull something out, um, you know, uh, of the bag to save our bacon. There we go. <laughs> You know, the amount of times that he can do that is, is, is fantastic. But again, pace-wise, he's as slow as a snail. You know, and our defence is pretty slow and sluggish and stuff like that. But um, as I touched on before, I, I think some of the issues with our defence is being caused by John Joe Shelby getting in the bloody uh, getting in the bloody road, constantly sitting so, uh, so deep. And, and I've talked before about the fact that we need more bodies forward if we are to score more goals, because you can't keep all these players back constantly, mate. But he he was... Shelby, he, he balls my pace, and when you watch him inside the stadium, there's nothing that I saw during that match that changed my opinion of John Joe Shelby, and that I think he's um, a player we can do without. He balls my pace, he doesn't contribute enough, he's not a captain, he's not a leader, um, and I <laughs> I would sell him for a, a, a much-needed... Um, cash boost at Newcastle, I really would. And I know people are going to be, oh, but no. I'm sad and I've watched him enough to know that he, he, he doesn't offer any more enough enough for me. Thanks for what you've done previously, but going forward, you are on a slide down. Yeah, I, I think it's a case, like, because I don't think we've got anything that could replace him in the team, so it's a case Newcastle need to go out and buy. Oh, okay, Graham Jones. Oh. Because um, in terms of passing midfielders, mate, we're not there. Is uh, Hayden, Hayden doesn't know how to how to how to pass a ball. Um, Hendrick isn't isn't any better. Matty, you know, Sean's all right at passing the ball, but not not great. Um, he makes mistakes. So, I, in terms of replacing John Joe, I just I think we need to buy buy a new player in the yeah. in summer like that can. Get it, get in and play a ball. Because honestly, I think it, even if you put Fabian Cher further forward, he'd be more comfortable in that position mm. than any other midfielder. But, but, time and time ball. again, mate, the, the, the defenders had the ball and the only option for them repeatedly was to pass sideways all the time. And we were wasting our possession. We didn't have great possession in this game, but we were wasting possession because it was constantly side ball. So Fernandez plays the ball to Dummy. Dummy plays the ball over um you know, over to um, you know whoever was whoever was playing. It's just side to side to side to side to side. Yeah. Keeper back, occasional hoof up front, and it was just dull. It, it was, was just unimaginative. But I want to get onto the positives, mate, because the <laughs> one the one man who did put on a show was Alan St. Maximin. Oh my word! A player, yeah. like I've missed missed this miss seeing this bloke in the flesh so much because this bloke can just switch it on like it up, this bloke give us outlet he give with threat every time he touched that ball they shit themselves and i've I've said that a lot on this podcast this season um he's just oh, please, so run the, them all the time like, the, the the he nearly ran through their entire team on his own he takes the ball down he makes the player with it I, oh my god like the bloke's already been relegated he feels bad enough and then you ruin him in front of his yeah. family like that. Misses after that. Flipping hell. Like, i don't know how we face how, how we go out back outside after that 
and then he just proceeds to run through the entire team and have to kick them to stop him. And they have to awesome. kick him to stop him several times, mate. Yeah. Um, absolutely unbelievable, man. But it, I want to get on great chances. I mean, yeah. um, it, 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 even in the first half, Joe Willett nearly scored off. off, off uh, to be fair to him, I'm going to give some credit to Shelby. Willett nearly scored and um, John Joe Shelby off a header. How the fuck he didn't score that one? I just, sure. I just don't know. But um, Sheffield United, totally right, shit scared of ASM and putting four people on him and just constantly kicking like lumps out of him every single time. Uh, but he was taking the piss and he was he was lighting St James's Park up. The football was shite, but every time he got on it, you heard the noise and the energy and the collective sigh um, of, of anticipation around the stadium. And he just did not uh, fail to deliver every single time. Um, and, and boy, the Sheffield United lads must have been like, on, on another day, without him in the, in, in the team, um, <laughs> You know, it, it could have been a different outcome. It could have been uh, more favourable to them. But he was a joy. We were laughing our heads off. Some of the stuff. It was Megan once, Megan twice, going round to them. And I just thought... It's like they weren't there. Like they were gorgeous. Yeah. It, I just thought, it, 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 this is just so easy for him. And I tell you something, if he'd have done that for a Manchester United, a Manche uh, Manchester City, if he'd have done it for a Chelsea, uh, a, a Spurs, anything else like that... Uh, all of Sky Sports would have had blank socks out. Um, literally, yeah, they, they would have. But because it's at, at Newcastle, uh, they, they literally don't. They don't want to give Geordies any credit whatsoever, uh, any sort of compliment. But, yeah, it was it, it was worth the money to go in to see that man play and, and, and to just just to, to see him in the flesh again was absolutely fantastic. A joy, a joy to watch. Well, one thing they would have had on loop Sky Sports, if it was a Kevin De Bruyne or a or a um, or a or, or someone like Thiago at Liverpool or that caliber player. Sky Sports would have had this on loop if it was one of them. Yeah, but the pass in the lead up to our goal was nothing short of world class, Paul. World class is not words that gets thrown around at Newcastle United often. My no. God, it's usually been it's usually been the opposite, the pole the pole opposite. But this pass. To put it out wide to Jacob Murphy for the goal was unbelievable. He mm. split the entire team with one pass of a ball. We rarely see things like that. It was a great and, and his ability to run, mate, and, and have the ball stuck to his feet. They, they couldn't, they couldn't take the football off him. So it, it's the run and then the ball that nobody else sees that that takes out another, you know, few uh, Sheffield United players. And I'll tell you something as well for the goal, mate. Massive credit. Um, to Jacob Murphy because that cross was a fucking peach. It was dying this season. He's second best because that one against West Brom is honestly one of the best crosses I've ever seen. Mm. I think the only one to, that I think could could rival it was it was in recent memory. I'm not going to go too far back. Was probably Kennedy's to Rondon, um, Bournemouth when he scored that bullet header, mm. but. In recent memory, I haven't seen as good of a cross as Murphy's against uh, West Bromley, that's for sure. But a mint delivery, and yet yeah. again, ball man. Credit to Murphy. Joe Willock. On the, or if you Sky Sports, Joe Willock crossed it into Joe Willock. But, um... <laughs> yeah, they, did you see the edit that did do it afterwards? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
uh, had a proper balls up, but uh, fantastic cross from the and, and Joe Willock again, man, Paul, six and six. He, like, he didn't play well before the goal, but he still managed to get one. Um, he was, think, busy. he was still busy before it, but yeah, yeah he, he was, bu he was busy right. in the middle. I'll give him that, but he, he wasn't like his usual imprint on a game, he wasn't having a great game, but he still. He still managed to score. It was a fantastic header, and he got to celebrate in front of the Gallagher corner, which I think, Where were yeah, you uh, just looking at his face and looking at a couple of things from the from the interviews and that afterwards, I think he's caught the bug, mate. Well and truly caught the bug. Um, the way he talks about Newcastle, the way he pats his chest. Um, like I know he grew up supporting Arsenal, and he's an Arsenal lad and stuff. But he he'll go back to Arsenal, mate, and he'll not be and he'll not be loved like years up here. Um, the fans love him, the club love him, and the team need him. Do you know what I mean? It's like when when's the fans down there, mate? When's the fans down there ever given him um, a reception like that where everybody inside the stadium we want you to stay? The chanting chanting your name, uh, the going wild. He will not get that. He hasn't had that. I told you that when when he signed, I was under the you know some of the Arsenal message boards and stuff and checking out what they were saying. And literally, there was awful comment after awful comment. I think Arsenal is a club that would much rather have a foreign um, signing come in who's a fancy, sexy name as opposed to somebody who can get the job done. This lad, mate, is twenty-one years old. Right? There's not many strikers. Have got the goal scoring record that this lad has got, right? And um, it's it just because he's he's come through the academy, he, he isn't that signing that it doesn't excite the Arsenal uh, supporters and they're the, the too much used to it. But he's came here, um, and the fans have been absolutely the fallen in love with him with the same way it was the same chant that Rafa had. Um, and I think he, from what he said, I mean, it's not just him, his dad's got the bug. Everybody is all over the moon with, with the deal and, and, and how it's gone. The frustrating thing is, mate, that Charlie hasn't put an agreed transfer fee in there. Uh, you know, trying to think about outside the box, thinking maybe it would be a, a good a, a good deal and stuff. But um, no, he's not going to get that love down at Arsenal. Uh, and I really do think, like you, that he's 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 got it there. But at twenty one years old, mate, twenty million pound could be an absolute. Um, Absolute yeah. steal. Yeah. Yeah. People just don't go on these runs. Strikers don't go on these runs, mate. What made me laugh was he says, uh, I, I've never heard 10,000 people so loud. It's it's ironic because out of all the stadiums I've I've been to up and down the country, the Emirates is definitely the most quiet. It's a it's a flipping library, mate. So 10,000 Geordies will outsing all, uh, the Emirates fully packed. I fully believe that. But, um, He's got a sign, mate. He's absolutely 100% got a sign. But um, in terms of the game, there wasn't really much in the second half. So the second half was absolutely right. <laughs> It was awful, wasn't it? It, it was. we we'll picked up a couple of injuries, but the one thing I did want to ask you about was because obviously before the game, Maxi came out and said said a couple of things. He says, Newcastle United shouldn't be battling relegation or every season. And if that doesn't change with the club, he's gonna to have to think about his future. So it's like, it's it, it, it's it, it's it's a it's a massive catch twenty two for Newcastle. Are we gonna lose another 
brilliant player like like we've lost many over the years because of this regime and it's literally a case of we get we need to get this takeover sorted or we're going to lose Alan St Maximin and for me mate like as as cheesy as it is as but I've I've not loved a player like Maximin like since since Shearer and Shearer got me hooked on on Newcastle United like he's just he's just a man of the people he's brilliant on he's brilliant with football at his feet he, he gets it. He gets the he club. Can do it all. Yeah, he's got. He's, he's the whole package, yeah. mate. And you kind of say that often. You it, know what it, I mean? Exactly. He's a good gem. It, it is. It, it, it's that natural ability to, in the same way that Rafa did, to connect to the city and to get the ethos of what it is to be from the area. He connects. There's a synergy between the fans and an Alan St. Maximum that you don't get with somebody who stands off a lot, who doesn't speak to the media very often, who is, you know, like, like it, again, like you're John Joe Shelby, it, it's totally not the opposite. Um, Alan St. Maximum, since he's came to the club, like Rafa did, he engaged in the community, he's worked with charities, he's done stuff uh, for kids, he's done stuff uh, in the correct way, he's been heavily involved in everything with regards to where uh, the Newcastle uh, Foundation he goes up and above, and I think he's relished the responsibility of having the weight of Newcastle United and the Geordie Nation on his shoulders. He likes that responsibility, and he thrives on it, and he likes the fact, I think, that he's one of the main men at, at, at Newcastle, and the fans idolise him, uh, which is probably not, again, what he's had at previous clubs and stuff. But you're totally right to say he's... he's you won't be alone with saying that like he's your favourite place in Shearer. Lots of people are going to say that. We need to build our club around signings like this. We've got to have less of your Ryan Fraser who just want to get fit for Scotland uh, and, 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 and the likes. And we need more of your Alan set maximums. So young, hungry, exciting players. And this is even if we get taken over. Use it as a blueprint. He's not asking for a great uh, deal, to be fair. I think I'm sure that when he was renegotiating his contract, he probably raised this issue at the time. You know, we should be a lot higher. And I think under most normal circumstances, if the squad was balanced out a little bit more and the money used a little bit more carefully, we could easily be a top 10 club. And who knows what could happen in in, in, a, in a cup. He's, he's not saying we should be signing Messi and Ronaldo uh, and, and those sorts of players. He's saying, you know, he's saying what every fan's thinking. We want well, even even says we need to be signing players like Joe Willock. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And he went on to talk sport of all stations no. the one to have this pro Bruce agenda with flipping Simon Jordan. Did you see what he put earlier to a fan? Disgusting. Absolutely. Um, like flipping, who does he think he is? Like I flipping hate people like that, me. The utter arrogance of the bloke. Like the, the fan put a decent point to him. It wasn't abusive. It was why isn't Bruce being linked with Wolves, Spurs, all these teams if he's such an excellent manager and he got a petty, horrible, arrogant response like that. It's people like Simon Jordan, mate, honestly. They just spout shit for the sake of it. And I say this a couple of weeks ago, the the same radio station have go have a go at fan channels like Arsenal Fan TV for Getting money out of failure and, and and generating generating money out of out of fans and stuff, they're worse, way worse, because he just spouts shit for the sake of it to get yeah. reactions out of fans. So they ring the ring the radio stations and stuff. 
it's um it's very it's very cancerous, Paul. It really is. But um Yeah, he's a pure gobshite, mate. He's a, he is the definition of oxygen thief, that man. Yeah. Um and he said before he does like winding Newcastle fans up, and I try not to give him too much attention or or anything else like that, but it's difficult when our manager uh, chooses to go and to converse with them, um, throw the Newcastle faithful under the bus, and then try and backtrack and try to insult our intelligence a few days later. What Anderson Maximum's done, yeah, it's not with our preferred, um, you know, people, but he, he has spoke. He has spoke the truth. Uh, I think he, he said pretty much what every Newcastle fan uh, is thinking. To be fair, I think the club at the moment is a lot like St James's Park. It's in need of TLC. It's in need of titivation. Um, Newcastle could, even under the current custodian, uh, and that's all he is. I know he's put the keys in an envelope and put Stavely's name on, and he, that's what he wants. I, I, I get that. But you can make common-sense decisions to move this club on. You look at Leeds, mate. You look at Aston Villa, who survived by a miracle last season. They should have been relegated, Aston Villa, apart from that VAR cock-up. Uh, some small common sense decisions can push you up the table you can be in the top half and then you can be starting to plan and maybe think about a Europa Conference League or a cup run or you know whatever um, we can't be expected to keep going into seasons losing against the likes of Brentford no disrespect meant at all and and, and balls and up uh, a massive chance for progress into, into a cup competition but we're going to need to do it it was Brentford Reserves that didn't have any yeah. other team play. Yeah. Ivan Tony so, didn't play, you know what I mean? Mm, but, um, it's, all, it's, it's all about doing things the right way. I'm quite happy with what he said. He spoke the truth, and I think most Newcastle fans will know if Newcastle fail to push on, if Newcastle fail to try and be uh, competitive or to be higher up the league, to give him a platform to maybe get into the French national team, which must be fantastic if he's getting nowhere near it. Um then he, then he would be off. He would be off. That would be so painful for the Newcastle fans. And it'll hit season tickets hard, fan attendance hard. So Newcastle have got to move heaven and earth, mate, to keep would, that lad happy. It would it would hit everything hard, mate, honestly. Yeah. It would if if we kept Steve Bruce and got rid of Arn St. Maximin, <sighs> see it to the Premier League, mate, honestly. Yeah. Cause... You can stick your 40 million up your ass, which is, which is the fee that was quoted by I think Jose Mourinho at, at Roma now. Uh, yeah. 40 million. Nah, stick stick with the sun, don't shine. I wouldn't be yeah. interested. But uh, honestly, mate, like I, I was heartbroken. Like many many in my generation were probably heartbroken when uh Yuan Kabai left. Um that was a that was a horrible one. But it, it was well, a bit of Maxi left, that one. If Maxi left, I think there would be there'd be a massive outcry because that bloke is flipping loved up here, man. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't think there's one player I loved. More in the Premier League than Anderson Maximum's love by by Newcastle fans, yeah. bar none. He, he's Fair just point. just a, just an absolute gem, honestly. He is, but in ter in terms of the match second half, mate, I f I can't even remember much no. of it. I think we had a Maxi before he got injured had a had a run at goal, tried to play it across. Ram still made a made a solid save. Um, Dwight Gale the, came the, on the, the, shell, the shell joint shell out. Other than that, well, yeah. he brought on his, he brought on the likes of um, I think he brought brought Sean on. Debravka picked up a knock, but in terms of the second half, mate, it was just no. Just I mean, all, all you can do, mate, all you can do is credit the lads for seeing the match out. 
We didn't play very well, yet we won. We got three points, and it showed why Sheffield United are in the shit that they're in because the, they don't have a goal scorer. And I, I mean, I, I did it on the um, on the vlog thing that I did where I've got question marks. I mean, it was this, John, you know, it, it was just sort of unknown after unknown. A better team would have punished us, but credit to the lads, they saw it through, they held on to the results, they gave the fans uh, a win. Three points. Yeah, it was just it was just nice to see. Yeah, it was just nice to see we win. It was nice to be there. The overall occasion, man, was 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 brilliant. It was it was a yeah. it was a brilliant day, and I said before, um, one of the best days I've had for a, for a long, long time, especially with all the shit with COVID. Everyone's been through it. Um, what the doctor ordered that? Days days like that, mate. Honestly, brilliant it was. But um, if after that, it, it was probably all downhill. The metros were a nightmare. Um, it stopped at Manners and it wouldn't go back on. Uh, the tracks were not good, so I had to go all the way around the flipping world back in off shields. But um, like even, even even then, with the with the day I had, mate, I wasn't going to let that bother us. But um, in terms of in terms of the match, mate, any standouts for you? Yeah, no. Bar and Maxi, I, I don't know if there was. No, I, I thought Maxi was. Maxi Willie. Class. Uh, I thought, I thought uh, Miggy uh, was again industrious, hard working, played several different positions, got constantly moved around. We picked up quite a lot of injuries and knocks, which is a very much a recurring problem at Newcastle that needs to be addressed. We need a better squad so we can manage the squad better so we aren't losing these players all the time. Um, so ASM had lumps kicked out of him. Joe Willick, we want you to say that was fantastic. He was coming past the Melbourne, he was giving it the claps, um, and, and you could tell, you could even just tell that he, he was he was sorting it up and he was walking a little bit slower off and, and really enjoying the experience and the adulation from from the uh, you know from, from the terraces and stuff. That was a fantastic moment seeing him. Um, Acknowledge, you know, acknowledge the fans. Some of the chants as well. Anderson Maximum, uh, Martin Depravka turning around, applauding there, uh, both Gallagher and the Milburn, uh, first and second half when the fans were singing uh, singing the names. It was great to hear local hero getting blasted out. Goosebumps. Close to the jazz, that one. When, yeah. when I heard local hero and the and the raw and stuff, it's um, yeah, yeah it was, it was it was nice. and the goal going in, mate. The raw around St James's Park when that goal went in, and we were we were like, I mean, there was nothing on the game. It was a, a it was a nothing game. Don't get me wrong, but when that goal went in, we celebrated it just as hard, just as much. Oh, as I, I've been waiting for that one for a long time. Mental scenes. I, I lived up to my promise. I say, I, 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 I might say, as on one of the early podcasts, I says, I don't know when it'll be, but when we get back to that stadium, we score flipping goal. I'm raggling you half to death. <laughs> the whole, none of me were raggled Paul half to death. It was flipping great. But, it, was, um, it was. It was. It was fantastic. But the entire the entire experience. It wasn't about the game so much. It was about what it what it um, stood for. What it um, was a signal for. A signal for hope that you know everybody's over the worst of this pandemic and things will slowly start getting back to to normality i certainly won't take going to st james's park for granted again because it's been so hard not going there yeah get, made, being on the train coming over the time and and seeing it sat there perched um it, it's it, it was emotional approaching the ground um 
that was emotional. And then going through the turnstiles again, it was just like words cannot express, but the entire thing, the match was secondary, the experience of being in the ground, which I will once again say it needs some TLC. I mean, I think they've they've neglected it while there's been no fans in there. Um, Not looking in in its best condition. Um, But to be back in that place, it's a special place. It's a unique place. There's nowhere else like it. We were the last two out of the stadium because the the, the stewards were... In our end in any way. Yeah. Um, We were trying to absorb every last moment of the atmosphere. um, And it was a joy to behold. Not great football, but a good result, mate, and a great experience, a fantastic day. Um, yeah. Well, one one thing I've noticed as well, just by recording the podcast, it, it just uh, being there just adds to the day because we can just we can we can crack on with the day. Yeah. Just you sit in front of the telly and, and you watch the match. But now with it slowly ro- returning to normality and stuff, it's just it's just nice. And I hope next season. There can be more than just ten thousand. We can get back into the swing of things, and we can slowly get back to normality. Obviously, obviously, with it being safe and and stuff like that. For fingers crossed, by um August September time, we've got that. But hopefully, by August September as well, mate, we've got new owners because arbitration is going to take place in April. That's now being confirmed to take place in. No, it's it's going to be taking place in July. My mistake, but um, yeah, because we've got, we got one case going on in June. The thing uh, for the thing, an average arbitration case takes forty five days. However, I don't think it'll take forty five days. No. I think they'll, I think they'll lash out the whole case in a week or two, me, um, because of how long it took and with it being in the public interest. So, especially yeah. Nick DeMarco being in being in charge of it, Mike Ashley is not known for. Uh, in business circles for hanging around much it'll be a case of you know it'll probably start it'll be like how much of this do you want to come out how much more to your brand the premier league brand do you want this damaging because it's like a double pincer movement you've got the um you've got the court uh, case about the business practices that have gone on that's happening next month and then the arbitration uh, starting in july and i just think at some point somebody has got to draw a line in the sand, um, and I think the only way damage can be repaired is to to let this to let this go through. Well, it could really affect the Premier League, Paul, because yeah. you've got you've got um, former players um, petitioning to get an uh, independent body over the Premier League in any way. So yeah. if we get arbitration, and we in the Premier League get found out for the. think they have done that and they have been guilty of doing something like that hence why it's went as far as arbitration but if they get found out for unjustly treating newcastle united that'll only that'll only boost the 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 goal that these ex-players have of getting getting a getting a um independent body over the premier league the yeah. premier league want that but it's clear it's needed all it's needed for directors tests shit, yeah it's needed in general to cut shit Thing, shit things a project big picture could shit out like uh, the European Super League and to keep the game among the people and not make it about politics and not make it about uh, make it about these greedy bastard people that want to try and t- take money and, and run a muck in a closed shop by themselves 
But yeah, hope. I mean, our our um, arbitration could be if we win arbitration, it could be a domino effect for the Premier League. So, for me, the Premier League need to act very carefully. But for me, they got another delay, Paul. That like it says. Grant, you know, did you say? Yeah, I that, That's what I was going to say. Like um, for me, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, Jump to me as confident, like it says in one of the. It says in one of the. Um, I think it was the the released like the the numbers to the to the public for the for the last year in terms of the finances, and they spent so much on a on an arbitration case. We hope to have. We're confident to have this done by such and such. Does not scream confidence to me like them delaying and delaying and delaying. Grand Old Duke of York marching up and down, but. They've probably hoped it would all have went away by now, but to be fair yeah, to PIM, yeah, fair they to Rubens, banked on the, we're all they're all still there. It was yeah. still yeah, they haven't banked on that as well. They thought they'd walk away, mate. They thought we'd get relegated and they'd wash the hands of it. They oh, thought the Stavey and the Pith and the Rubens would get fed up of waiting, and they thought that they'd walk. They haven't. They're totally committed to the deal. Everything that has been said in the public domain, the noises, the the, the retweeting, the clicking likes on stuff, the comments that Stavely's made uh, about not being able to talk about certain things to do with Newcastle uh, when she's been on TV, it all points to the same thing. We have a committed seller and a committed group of buyers. The only fly in the ointment is the Premier League. And from a two-pincer attack, Ashley's attacking from both flanks with the best in the business to be able to get this deal over the line. He wants the deal to happen. He will make the deal happen. You know what he's like. And we, we all know uh, we all have problems with Mike Ashley. But from a business perspective, he doesn't play uh, doesn't play to lose. And uh, these are big stakes. the club. Yeah, these are big, big, big stakes. And I, I personally think um, that this will get uh, concluded probably sometime in, in August and then we'll have to wait um, for whatever comes out. But it can move very, very quickly after this is all, all said and done. It will go back to the Premier League and, and be a matter of only a short process. Everything else is there waiting uh, to do it. But it could well be, mate, that we start the season with Steve Bruce in charge. We start with his recruitment plan, his pre-season. We start the campaign, and we just as you know, as maybe as the the transfer window might close, we might be still another couple of weeks into it, and then there may be a change of ownership. If that's the case, that's the case. Whenever it happens, I think we're all desperate for it just to happen. It doesn't matter in in some ways that there isn't going to be hundreds of millions of pounds chucked about. Although that would be lovely. It's it's more about the fresh start. Um, well, it's it's more about, yeah, it, it's, it's more about that and, and, and right sort of uh, footing and standing once, you know, once again, and it's having somebody who cares about the football club running the football club once again from you know the the very very top and to get somebody in who's competent, unlike Lee Bastard Charlie. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree, mate. I do. It's um, it's just a mess from the from like. In, from the start to the finish, over fifteen months now, it's um, it's just a complete. It's disgusting. It is. It it is, and I just hope for the fans, for the club, for the players, 
it's it, we can turn we can turn on a new leaf for for going back to the stadiums, and I think a lot of people would be, I'm not going to say happy because they're not, if the club have a clear pathway back to the takeover, but Steve Bruce is in charge, then we know Steve Bruce will be be, be out the door once uh, if a takeover was to take place, but if the if the crack is he's in charge at the start of the season, but there's a clear pathway that will take over, I think fans will take that. But if the takeover fails, then, too much for fans. then we've got Steve Bruce mm. and Mike Ashley next season. Flipping hell, mate. It's not, it's not good, is it, if that's the case? No, but I'll tell you something else as well. Uh, I do honestly think they'll find it in Ashley's favour. I really do, and I hope so. But when that happens, wherever that takeover... Um, you know, the deck of cards falls down. I think there'll be real questions about your Hoffmans and your Dickmaster running the Premier League because, personally, I think their heads may well roll because um, that's why I keep coming back to think somewhere on the line there's got to be a common sense decision made because there's just too much shit being exposed left, right, and centre, and it is going to result in Dickmaster. Being relieved of, of of his duties, it's the only sensible um, outcome of all this. His handling since he's come into the top job at the Premier League has been nothing short of scandalous. It is shite. You've had your European Super League. We've had um, things like what happened with Burnley with their takeover, comical, farcical, where loans are secured left, right, and centre before the deal will go through, and yet a straight cash deal like this when proofs have been given by the highest authorities in the land isn't acceptable, where there's a cartel, the British Prime Minister, the person in charge of our country saying that the Premier League is being run like a cartel. There's too much shit flying about and somebody will have to pay for it. And that man, I am certain, will be Dick Master. Yeah, I think so, but... Just fingers crossed, mate. Hopefully by August, maybe uh, maybe whenever it is, we can sit down. We can do we can do a podcast after we've been to the stadium. Because if it goes through, mate, I'm not going on a podcast. I'm going straight at you, because I'll be flipping right. But um, I'll be on uh, the next train, mate. I'll be on the next train. <laughs> with hopefully with no um annoying Scottish people <laughs> on the train. But, oh, yeah. um, the one the one last thing I want to mention, and it's probably. The only, the only reason we can mention this topic, to be fair, is that uh, we, we delayed the podcast. Um, Steve Bruce has came out the day and uh, reacted to the booze that he got after the game at St James's. Um, he got a bad reception and then he ran in, ran with the rest of the players so he didn't get that kind of reception across the ground. And he's called, he's called the fans that want him out a minority again. He's done this for the second time this season. And my reaction to it was the poll that... Um, the Chronicle did, the poll that NUFC 360 did, where out of 200%, it's probably it's probably close to 190%, 185 to 190% out of 200 want Steve Bruce out, out of everyone that voted. Out of 200%, 185 to, to 190 minority. Are you, are you serious? The whole Gallagher and Booji, man. Like, it's just... He, he constantly deflects. It's, emba- it's embarrassing, mate, how he tries to backtrack. It like, really is. Diddy was like, oh, I've got to accept that we were bad in the winter. Why couldn't he accept it then? 
Well, no. instead of just saying, oh, well, you know, a work in progress and oh, well, I'll blame Sean Longstaff and I'll do it. Like, it, it blame the fans and it, say we expect too much. Mate, mate he'd, he'd, he'd have thrown, he'd have thrown his own granny under the bus. He, he would have. He'd have thrown his own granny under the bus if it meant protecting his own ass. I just think, look, at the end of the day, Rafa had a similar record. He didn't do great things in the Premier League. But what he was, mate, was honest with the fans. Yeah, Bobby Robson, if there was, uh, I, I remember a famous, I think it was after a Charlton game, where he came out and he apologised to the fans. There was an honesty. And Newcastle fans respect that honesty. What they don't expect, uh, what sorry, what they don't respect, is when the manager or the head coach, whoever, whatever you want to call him, um, throws the fan base constantly under the train. You'll, you'll go on and you'll speak to your mates down south and then backtrack and try and insult our intelligence by saying, oh, maybe it's because it's, it's, I'm, I'm not very good with communicating this, that, and the other. Don't, don't insult our intelligence. We know exactly what you mean. Uh, and your results and your football and your inability to listen to the fan base has is, is meant that you've dug your own grave. And you've dug your own grave at Newcastle. You've dug your own grave at Sunderland. You've dug your own grave at Aston Villa. I could go on every single club he's been at with the exception of probably one, he's dug his own uh, grave. So, it's you know, the thing is, he continuously blames the fans for his own shortcomings. The club, mate, had to bring in a coach because he couldn't do the job. Him and his coaching team were inept. They were useless, yeah? We were playing this, this formation at the beginning of the season and not getting any results of it. It was a lot more than a blip over a short period um, you know, of time. It's his squad that he's built and he's responsible for. He's made stupid decision after stupid decision. And he also lets the likes of Lee Charnley get away with never talking to the fans. So uh, I, I, I was flabbergasted by what he's come out with, but I'm used to it. I'm used to him attacking the fan base. And um, I, I would just say you've, you've got no class you've got no right to be able to make those comments about the fan base. You were getting booed from the Gallagher end. You were getting booed from the East stand. Um, you were getting booed from the, you know, the Milburn stand. Every which way you looked, he was getting, he was getting booed. He was getting hassled. The fans didn't go there, mate, to have a go at Steve Bruce on that day. They went there to reconnect with their football club, to experience being back in that stadium. Okay. And during during the game, they give the players total 100% support. There was no even groans of frustration when John Joe Shelby was going missing. There was problems on the pitch or this, that, and the other. There was just the, the, the love and the warmth from the stands down to the pitch. But that man, he likes to throw a hand grenade in. He likes to create, he likes to create the issues. Um, he should have just stayed in the dressing room. He knows he's disliked. And I just hope that what we heard a couple of weeks ago with regards to him complaining and saying he doesn't know if he fancies it for next season, I hope he, he takes a nice holiday, goes somewhere really, really nice on the green list. I don't know. Um, and then he sits there with Mrs. Bruce over a nice apple crumble and he decides that he doesn't need the stress anymore and doesn't come. I want them out of my hair. Eh? Oh no, he, he shouldn't. He shouldn't have that decision. He shouldn't be going away and thinking about nout. 
mm-hmm. like we're going on like he's had a couple of decent seasons and he's going walking off into the sunset we've been nothing short of it and terrible do you and know 100 million pound mate exactly. he's at 100 million quid and and, and 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 he's what again he's getting his wank sock out because he, he's getting he might get a point more than last season and that's progress is it really well we Rafa summed it up best yeah he says so, Newcastle could go and find a manager who would be happy with 15th. Hmm? Bruce's, but Bruce would be over the moon with 15th. I think that's, that's just the way it is. And the same journalists that used to call Rafa boring and all this, or the same journalists that kiss, kiss Steve Bruce's arse and then some. It's just ridiculous, mate. And honestly, I can't wait to see the back of Steve Bruce. And yeah. I can't wait to see the back of Mike Ashley as well. It'll, be, <coughs> it'll be, Fraud, and you've left Lee Charney out, mate. And Lee Charney. Get, get rid. And I'll tell you something. Click, go, go to the training ground, get everything, clear your desk, and don't let the door hit you on the way out. Fuck off. Lee Charney, you can fuck off Steve Bruce. You can take the take the to you know the lot of them. Um I, I will credit Graham Jones. He's came in and he's done, I think, a really, really good job in difficult circumstances, and he's been the boost that we needed to stay up. But this club, mate, deserves more than relegation for it. And that is what we've been. He spent £100 million, mate. And, and regardless to where we finish and how many points play we're full on that, we will finish potentially. We, this season, fact, have been in a relegation battle. That is a yeah. fact. And that is all we will ever do under the likes of Steve Bruce and, you know, your Mike Ashley's. The Pardew season was a fluke. We've got to get people in this club who care about the club and yeah. care about the club nearly as much as what as what we do. I'm not having that, that plastic um, mank supporter. He, he, he's, he's not a Newcastle supporter. He doesn't give two flying fucks because if he did, he would have went after uh, the Sheffield United away game. He would have went after the Brentford game. He's greedy for his money. He's greedy for his payoff. Uh, but if he had any dignity whatsoever, he'd talk it over with his wife uh, he, he'd come back and he'd talk to the club about it and he'd make the best decision for the club and that's for him yeah. to step aside because all that follows him out, around me is failure, excuses uh, and attacks on the fans and it's not a one-off attack, mate. He has t- attacked our fan base repeatedly. We are one of the most loyalist fan bases in this fucking country. That's a fact and he pretends to be one of us. Nah, you don't get it, mate. You, you, you do not get it. That man should not have ever been in charge of the football club. No, uh, but his true colours made. Get the fuck out. And like I say, don't let the hot, the door hit your ass on the way out. Yeah. Here we go. Like, for me, he's, he's very arrogant and unlikable. Like, yeah, at the start, even though I didn't agree with the CV, I tried to get behind it, the local lads stuff, you know what I mean? But ever since he's came through that door, mate, he's made it very difficult, even at the best of times, to support him with his constant digging at, at Newcastle fans and stuff like that. And that's one yeah. of the main reasons why he'll never win me over. Yeah, the football's shite. The football's and, shite, mate. And I cannot speak for a lot of the support. I cannot speak for any any other support I made. But I don't think you'll win them over either because of the amount of shit we've had to deal with while we've been away. The amount of times he's used his mates or his son or, 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 or attacked with in the media, you know, when we haven't been able to defend ourselves. You know, you kind of just because we're there, because we're back now. Say, oh, I've been looking forward to seeing his comeback, and oh, we need. Um, it, it'll be great. Yeah, it, it he's, has, he's, no, struggling. No. 
he's struggling without fans in the stadium, right? And he's struggling with the weight of the fans against him and all this sort of thing, right? So how is he going to be with 52,000 people in the stadium singing, Steve Bruce, it's never your fault? Because, you know, he's talked about the weight of the club and stuff like that. He's had an easy ride, mate. There's been no fans inside them stadiums because at times during this season, he would have been getting hell. If the fans had been in that stadium, I am of the belief that he would have been relieved of duties. But because there's been no fans and he's he's had a little bit of a get-out-of-jail card. But if results start going the wrong way and you've not got a Joe Willick next season, if we've maybe lost Alanson Maximin, uh, we've seen how the, the squad, with even in the second half, mate, yesterday, when them, those players went off injured, we looked totally and utterly different. Um, we looked as bad as what we did against Burnley when we drew 0-0 at home in the, in the last game at St James's Park before before the break um, and, it, and it highlighted all of the issues and problems again there's a huge rebuild job needed at our football club with the playing staff there's players at that club who need to be shipped out there's loads of work on the infrastructure the training ground needs to be done um, and we can't be having little yes men puppets like Steve Bruce in charge yeah. slagging us loyal fans off who've been through Nothing but hell and high water, you know what I mean. Um, but I, I just wanted to, you know, to to go off. And if he's such a fantastic manager, I'm sure the likes of Simon Jordan would approve of him. Maybe turning up at Crystal Palace, yeah, or, or even have him back. Or hell, get Klopp out of a job because they've had a bad season and put Steve Bruce in. Mm. He's that good. But for yeah. Them, yeah, mate, big summer needed, and I really hope, honestly. Fulham is his last game as manager. I don't think it will be, but I hope it is. Um, yeah. You you know, mate, as well as I do, if the current ownership stay in charge, he will make sure that he gets that last year on his contract, which is next season. He will milk it for as much as he's worth because he will pretend our majority are stood in the town. This, that and the other. You are a money-greedy bastard because if you had any dignity whatsoever, you would have walked at times during during this season. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Anything other, uh, he's defended the indefensible. He's he's tried to paint Mike Ashley as this great person. He's um, repeatedly picked players because they're his favourites. Um, he hasn't picked them on on form. He continues to persevere with the likes of Joe Linden, like at some sort of failed science experiment uh, that's gone awfully wrong. Uh, you've got players like Dwight Gale. He spouts shit. I, I've chased him for all these years. He's a fantastic player. I've always wanted him. I'm not going to let him go. But then he never plays him. You know, he talks about Joe Willock being fantastic and building the team around him. He benched him for three games. He didn't want to pick him for three games. And the only reason that we've stayed up, in my my honest belief, is that he's been lucky that we had uh, ASM and Wilson and them come back and make huge positive contributions. And and the players get together. Matt Ritchie said, no, this is not what's going to happen. It's not going to go down like this. This is how it's going to go down. So the likes of Matt Ritchie coming on, on board and getting certain players back fit has saved his bacon once again. It's not because he's done something great, mate, on the training pitch or he's some sort of major tactician. You saw after the Everton game, he punished Graham Jones, he chucked him up in the stands and what happened the next game? Copy. Absolute cock-up and, and catastrophe because he is ill-equipped, ill-educated, 
he'll uh, qualified to be able to be the manager of our football club. So clear your desk, like I said, and sling your hook. Yeah. What you want to well, apple But uh, well, to summarise, mate, the podcast because um, I don't think there's much else to talk about now. But um, well, I haven't said anything about it purposely because I don't want to be a flipping. I don't want to go trending on flipping Macam Twitter, right? But they're twenty-two <laughs> nil down in the flipping playoffs. I swear to God, mate, that laughing duck will be on flipping loop if they're <laughs> beaten that semi-final flipping link. And I swear to God, and it, it was hilarious. Mate. That's another high well point this. on Sunday. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, we're in the stadium and we're like. Um, all of a sudden, the champ was going on the stadium. You left at us when we went down, but who the fuck is laughing now? And we're like, you're, you're back on the Google, you like, you never guess what. Because we didn't think Lincoln would be able um, to cope with Sunderland, uh, you know. And at, it's still at, at, away, hence why we haven't said anything yet. <laughs> yes, it, it, it's only two minutes. It, well, we come to record Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be a good talking point, that's for sure. But um, it, 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 anyway, just, to, just, to, just to plug a couple of things before I, we'll, we'll let you go. Um, Our YouTube channel launches officially next week. Because um, obviously the season ends, we'll talk about the season. We'll, we'll first podcast on YouTube will be the season review uh, with, with us too, of course. Um, like Obviously, there's little things like Man Navan and an odd preview here from me. Um, and an odd video from me, but we'll be stepping up the stepping up the video content on YouTube as well. Uh, but the podcast will remain the same on here. So don't worry. Um, it'll always be on iTunes. It'll always be on um, always be on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast, so don't worry about that. That'll not change. Just as of next as of next week, we'll launch the YouTube channel officially. So that's that's just a, that's just a little bit of news. So subscribe. But if you want to drop a subscribe, please do so. We'll be more than happy to have you. But um, unless there's anything you want to mention, Paul, before we're signing off, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll stop it there. Like, no, I just want to wish Lincoln every, I mean, because Lincoln, it's a very important place, yeah, yeah. isn't it, mate? I just want to wish them every. Uh, good luck. They've had to sign an emergency keeper today, which uh, which 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 sparked me interest and stuff like that. Hey, do you know the tank? The tank was invented in Lincoln. Didn't know that. But I've been doing my Lincoln research. I'm gonna get to be quite a <laughs> a Lincoln uh, know it all. Ready Mate, for this you're not buying. I don't want you buying any of the kits to play in red and white. Like I might give oh, you a bit if you do. But, um, but yeah, no, yeah. Um, invented the tank. Invented the tank in, in, in World War One, and I hope that when they go up to the stadium like now they've got a t- nice two nil lead, they'll be able to dig the trenches in and stand there, really, really, really dig in and fight all the way to and nil to get themselves through to the playoff final. Because I, I put that debate up on the page. I said, would you prefer someone to come up and, and try and get the derbies back? Or is it just too funny? Is it too much material that somebody <laughs> continue to struggle? And everybody was saying, no, it's, it is just too funny. But I've, yeah, 
let's hope the ducks, let's hope the laughing ducks are back this uh, this weekend. The million appearance on the vlog. Yeah, honestly, I'll get that clip and I'll duplicate it about seven hundred times. So it's about seven minutes long of that duck just going. <laughs> seven minutes. Very love that. But um, no, I think I think we'll leave it there. Hopefully, Sunday is a good podcast, the final podcast of the of the season and stuff. But we'll love you and leave you for now. And I hope you've enjoyed the Magpie 24 po- uh, 24-7 podcast. And we'll catch you in a bit, everyone. See you later. <laughs>